step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Let's Chat. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa girl. How you doing this Thursday evening? Hey, everybody. I'm good. I am good. I'm excited. You know, I was telling you that um, I was trying to get Miss Miss Tabitha uh Brown on. I couldn't get her on on today, but I can't wait till we get her on because you know I want to do the vegan thing, but you know mm-hmm. my whole thing is do it gotta be nasty and do it gotta look nasty <laughs> and do it gotta taste nasty because I don't put nasty things in my mouth. And <laughs> my thing is to taste. If it's nasty, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I just I can't. That's true. I just, absolutely not. And it kind of makes you not want to. Stick with it. Um, I think not too mm-hmm. long ago, Lise, Um, I think we had, was it Rico? Mm-hmm. Was he talking about, I think he was talking about uh, vegan, and he has yeah, been, been doing, doing it for about like six, a year or so. Six months right? to a year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he sounded excited. So make sure you guys check out that show. And we also have Chef uh, Chick, Nick. Nick the Chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She got that was this very informative show. Olive oil, yeah. She got this cold pressed olive oil, y'all. Y'all gotta go check that out. That show was everything because mm-hmm. we got so much good information on that show, 
And so this really show, good. I'm hoping we get an, another set of good information. But this is our Healthy Mind, Body, and Soul um, segment. We're going to do another one because it's that time of the year. Everybody's looking to be healthy. Everybody should be mm-hmm. getting healthy. So we have 360 Vegan Chef, Gideon Winters, and then we have author Sharon K. Griffin, who she's going to be our our soul, our healthy soul, <laughs> and healthy sex life because it's very important to have a healthy sex life. That That's all part of your mind, body, and your soul. And so she's going to talk a little bit about that. So I'm excited um, that, to have mm-hmm. them on just to talk that talk with them. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I'm going to co-sign on that, Leach, because, you know, when you feel unhealthy, you help, feel healthy internally, and then you know you're looking healthy externally. That definitely affects your sex life. So, you know, it all goes hand in hand. I got my pen and paper ready because, you know, I'm always ready to learn something new. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so back on Miss Tabitha, she um. Well, if, if you guys don't know who actress Tabitha uh, Brown is, she played uh, Kizzy on the Roots, the movie, how Alex Haley Roots. And she has a whole vegan platform. She turned vegan last year. and She just kind of took people through her journey. Um, and so mm-hmm. she has this new thing for the month of August. You're supposed to do something new every day, something you've never done before. Do something you haven't done before. Do something a way you've never done it before. But that's the new thing uh, that she is having everybody do. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to do something new every day. So today is the second, and so I let my son drive in the rain, which I normally don't do, um, but he drove in the rain today. And... um, what did I do new yesterday? I think I worked most of yesterday, so I didn't uh-huh. not too much new yesterday because I worked most of yesterday. But um, uh-huh. it's to try to do something new every day. One thing, one thing new, one thing you 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 don't do on a regular basis, uh-huh. and so just kind of change things up. Mm, that's interesting. But, um, you know, speaking of tonight's show, Leash, and uh, with our 360 vegan chef, Mr. Gideon, a lot of people are turning to vegan. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, my, my, my son, one of my sons, my oldest son, he's kind of dabbled in a little bit. You know, he hasn't really stepped all the way through the door. But a lot of people that I know have been successful with it. And I think it's just a matter of it's a lifestyle change. So, I'm going to be interested to hear, I guess, firsthand on his experience and how he approached it and how he has sustained it and made it what it is that he's doing today. So I'm kind of excited about it because it's hard to make a lifestyle change as far as your food unless it's Mm -hmm. a necessary health reason why. You know, sometimes, oh, I don't need it, or I'll try it, or that's just not for me. But I'm going to be interested to hear how, you know, he gets people to understand it and to sustain it. Because sustaining it is the key. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad you said understand because people normally, when they don't understand something, then Mm -hmm. they normally have something negative to say about it. Mm 
when they don't understand it right? or when they've right. never experienced it. And so that's why we do what we do here on Let's Chat. We like to talk about these things because they are important, but, you know, you want people to know it. you got to know what you know because you know it. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad that he's coming on because there's a lot of things that he can add to that because my biggest thing is protein. And I know that, you know, your brain is partly protein. Like, you have to have protein in your body. It's a necessity. When you're losing weight, right. protein is a necessity. And so I'm like, well, what type of things can you eat to add protein uh, to your body? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he has this uh, tofu teriyaki. And I'm like, well, what does tofu taste like? It just reminds me of a sponge when you look at it. And, you know, my big old thing <laughs> is, do it, does it have to be nasty? Do I have to be nasty? Do I have to taste nasty, look nasty? I don't want to have to eat food with my eyes closed. Or <laughs> <laughs> pinching your nose so you don't have to really taste it. Just let it go down. <laughs> right, because, see, this our mind, body, and soul segment and food food is good for your soul food makes you feel good um Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to just be junk food but food in general i think food in general makes people feel good you notice when you eat something good you start tapping your feet and some people get to doing a little dance and when you're rocking in your chair (laughs) yeah you eat something good it it makes (laughs) you feel good and I don't think it could be healthy, it could be unhealthy, but when it's something good that hits your mouth and it's just like start the taste buds start dancing, it's like you dancing. It's like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> but when it's not, it's all bad. <laughs> I know. And I'm a good food foodie. I love food. I love to cook good food. I just love food because food is a universal gathering of, of good spirits. You know how I am about food. Yes. Lisa knows when I come to Atlanta, that's the first thing I hit is her kitchen. <laughs> but it's just, like, um, <laughs> yes, my double oven is Tony's double oven anytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it sure is. And then I've made like some changes, you know, where I don't, I drink water, I drink alkaline water. So my, my son is like, we don't have no juice because I stopped drinking, like, juice. I don't drink juice. I don't drink. I drink, barely drink pop. I don't drink lemonade. You know, I might do uh-huh. stuff like that on occasion, but I don't have it in the house because uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm a food addict. I like stuff. Uh-huh. And so when it's in the house and if it's something I like, then I'm going to eat it and I'm going to drink it. So I just don't bring it in the house. Right. No temptation. No temptation. But you guys know, Alicia and I, we get up in the chat room and talk and carry on. Like, we don't have any new listeners, anyone new viewing in. But uh, once again, welcome to Let's Chat. My name is Tony, and I got the phenomenal, no pop, no junk over there, Miss Alicia. <laughs> but just to let you guys know what we do here on Let's Chat, uh, we love celebrating literature. And as you can tell, not just literature, but all aspects of life, all walks of life, uh, no matter what it may be. May be. And we enjoy doing it in a royal way. You know, our show allows all our guests as well as our listeners to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind our guests for what they do. And and tonight's going to be no exception. We're going to hear that 
speaking passion. So we hope you guys are excited because Lisa and I, we're always excited with a new show. It's like a new show is our first show, and we've been doing this for a couple of years, so <laughs> and we still get excited. So that's a good thing. You know, we love what we do, like we said. So we want you guys to sit back. Get your pens and paper ready in case you know you want to take some notes because uh, pen and paper is always near for me. I'm always taking notes so I can always refer back and especially for our healthy mind, body, and soul because those shows tend to linger with me, Leash, because mm-hmm. we delve so deeply into it and it's just it's not like picking up a book, but it's just walking in life. So those these shows really mean a lot to me and I really look forward to them and I'm going to be interested in what our guests have to share with us tonight. Absolutely, and uh, and I also want—I I can't wait till he gets in here and he presses his one because mm-hmm. I have questions on, um, like crops because you know lettuce and, and certain vegetables you can't eat because it's, it's got this, it's contaminated with that. So it's like, how do we even um, attain a vegan lifestyle when? We Uh can't even trust some of the things we're putting in our mouths. And even Uh if you can go to Trader Joe's, but it's like then everything is frozen. And frozen is better than can, but fresh is even better. But if you can't trust one, it's like we we can't really win for losing when you're trying to change up and and do things differently. So I'm excited to have him in the chat room. Uh Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you, Chef? Can you hear us? Is your phone on mute? Oh, hello? Hi. Oh. Hi, how are you? How are you? We are good. I'm great. I'm great. Awesome. Now, for those who don't know, the 360 Vegan Chef, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your journey to healthiness. So my name is Gideon Winters. I'm 19. I own and operate the company 360 Vegan, the company dedicated to making vegan convenient. I'm currently going into my second year at Johnson & Wales University, headed towards my culinary arts degree, my bachelor's degree in culinary arts and business management. I was Uh born in Latonia, Georgia. I was raised vegan by my mom, my two parents, and I've been vegan since birth. So it's just been in us to live a vegan lifestyle and be as healthy as possible. Uh. Absolutely. Okay, and so what made you want to be a chef, a vegan chef? So ever since I was younger, I grew up watching my mom prepare meals. Even though we had a busy household, she dedicated herself to at the end of the day, after a long, hard day of work, she would come home and make us vegan meals that she put endless amounts of care into. So it could be a raw meal, composed of salads and, you know, different protein sources that were infused into salads. You want to talk, you know, (laughs) like big main protein sources, such as like a tofu salad, simple things like that. But it's the fact that even though she worked hard to provide for all of us, and by all of us, I mean six kids, she's incredibly hardworking. She, the amount of care was just amazing. So that inspired me to have a certain passion for making food for myself that was healthy as well as tasty. Wow. Okay. And, you know, that was my first question. My first question was, 
You know, when you think vegan, you say tofu, it's like, mm. Because, um, you know, my whole thing, I don't know how much of the show you listen to, but my whole thing is, does it does it have to be nasty? Do it got to taste nasty? Do it got to look nasty? Because, you know, I got this thing about things that are nasty. I just can't. I can't. And so my question is tofu. What does it taste like? So that's a... Oh, you grunted before. A lot of people. I don't want to do it. You did the grunt before. (laughs) (laughs) So tofu, a lot of people fear when they first come into a vegan lifestyle or even vegetarian lifestyle due to the fact that it can have a a plain texture or, you know, a blank type taste. But it's a good thing that it has that blank taste because it gives you a canvas to work with. So just like any, you know, any diet, even that consists of meat, you have to season your food. So tofu, you have to do the same thing. So you can do things such as sauces or marinades to give that tofu that basic flavor you want and just build up from that. Mm. Now, what's the difference? I heard you mention vegan and vegetarian. What's the difference between a vegan and a vegetarian lifestyle? So a vegan lifestyle is completely plant-based, so nothing from animals, so no animal byproducts. However, vegetarians often you know, compose fish into their diet or even just eggs, milk, and cheese, things like that. So they still use some forms of animal byproducts. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, this is Tony, Chef um, Gideon. You say you've been, uh, you were raised as uh, a vegan. Have you ever been yes. tempted to step outside of veganism? I'm just going to make that word up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, not at all. Um even at you a know, young age, Oh, not at all. Even mm-hmm. because I was raised vegan. So along with being, like, living a vegan lifestyle, I've always been taught why I'm vegan. And the things mm-hmm. that made my parents want to go vegan, you know, the health benefits, um, conserving animal life, things like that. So I know the positives to being vegan, the endless positives to being vegan, and why it's important to me. And I always understood that even at a young age. So I've never been tempted to eat me. After all, you can't be tempted to do something that you've never done. So, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're in school and see the other kids eating certain things, because um, my my in laws, uh, my brother and sister in law, just haven't too long turned to vegan. And my daughter is always mm-hmm. when she goes over there, okay, oh boy, what am I going to eat? You know, so those looking on the inside or looking on the outside, depending on where you are when you start veganism. That's our word tonight. You know, it's 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 a lifestyle change. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um. Even seeing other people eat their food and what it's composed of, the last thing, mm-hmm. not even the last. I, I never think to be tempted or intempted to eat what they're eating. If anything, I'm always thinking ways to take what they're eating and make it vegan, or even be inspired to make a vegan dish based off that you know that they're eating. Oh. So it's never it's never that. That's a nice spin on it. That's mm-hmm. yeah. I like that spin. Yeah. <laughs> so you can Thank make you. some vegan barbecue there, huh? Almost oh, definitely. You can you can put your foot all up in some vegan barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking like, about. Look, that must be his specialty. His that must be his specialty because he's like, hold on now, no, no, no. That's how yeah. I get it twisted. I can do some things. You marinate that tofu just right. Uh huh. Finger looking. Oh, 
I ain't never heard about no finger-looking tofu, chef, but if you say so. Get that tofu. Look, you see the way he jumped up? He jumped up. He got happy. Like, hold on. Let me tell y'all about it. <laughs> we be fighting for that last piece of barbecue tofu. <laughs> so I have a question. Have you ever eaten anything that you didn't like? Um, well, I feel we all have eaten things that maybe – I wouldn't say don't like, just wouldn't prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, in culinary school, mm-hmm. we try to keep an open mind. So let me tell you something I've learned in culinary school. So they teach mm-hmm. us throughout the whole day, never down anything or feel like something's nasty or you don't like it. It's just, you know, you, your taste buds don't prefer it, but you have to keep in mind that it's always ways to change something, you know, tweak something to make it towards your liking and others. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've had, of course I've had things that maybe I don't prefer, but it's always ways to change and tweak them to make them better. Okay. What is your specialty? What is the overall favorite thing you love to make? Ooh, that's a nice question. Um, barbecue? <laughs> yeah, I would say barbecue because I like, I like the process of it. Um, I take my tofu, I can, I can make my marinade, so it's a wet, wet marinade, and I usually base it with soy sauce and use herbs such as rosemary, you know, thyme, and, uh, you know, things like that just to give it that earthy tone, that earthy undertone to it, you know, that freshness to it. And then I also Mm -hmm. use, you know, paprika, cayenne, things like that to give it like that smoky hint while still Mm -hmm. using, you know, some of your favorite, because often your favorite barbecue sauces that you find at even stores such as Kroger's and Walmart, like they can be vegan Mm -hmm. if you just look at the ingredients. So, you take that same marinated tofu, you know, you coat it in your barbecue sauce, let it sit for a little while, and you take that barbecue sauce, you know, and tofu, and you put it on the grill and let it caramelize, and it, it has a beautiful crust on it. So now I take that and put it in the oven and, you know, let it bake off a little while, and it gets a smoky, smokiness to it is even more enhanced, and, you know, the sweet comes out a little more. So I just like the process mm-hmm. and knowing what I can do to enhance that flavor and just seeing it, you know, through the work. Mhm. Mm. Okay. Now yeah. you have a food. You do food prep. Now, yes, how do you do it? Where, like, if somebody was like, "I need to taste," like they've never eaten a vegan dish, they don't know what it tastes like. They're like, "Well, I don't. I need to know what it tastes like." Do you have like samplers? Do you have uh, a time where you know, uh, by you being a chef, you have maybe um, a special. Um, event where people could come and sample a vegan meal. Do you do things like that? Well, we haven't done a necessary like a not catering, but like a fair type deal where we set up a table and we put our name out there so you can taste different dishes. But we're currently working mm-hmm. on, on getting that done. Um, we. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. necessarily provide one meal tasters just because of the costless, costliness of it. Just so I have to make the one meal, you know, set the price kind of high because of how much I put into that one dish, and then I have to deliver it to you. So how I have it set up now, is, if you would like to call it, is a three-meal deal. So mm-hmm. me knowing that a lot of people that come from a 
a meat eating lifestyle, you know, going into a vegan lifestyle, I can I know what I have to put in my dish to make them believe they can actually live a vegan lifestyle and what flavors they need to taste to be like, okay, yeah, this can work for me. So just having that sort of confidence in my dish, I feel like the three dishes, if you want a taster in mind, is a is a great option for you. Because you get mm-hmm. to taste three different dishes with three different flavor profiles and you know, get that feeling that, oh, yeah, this works for me in terms of feeling and taste, and I can do the change. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Tony, uh, Chef. If 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 I'm new to uh, veganism and I wanted to try it, would you recommend a first-time try dish? Let's see. A first-time try dish can change depending on what your diet is, like your normal diet is. But mm-hmm. in terms of first diet, I will often use, like, sautéed vegetables just because of how light mm. it is and, and how much flavor you can put into sautéed vegetables, and it can be a whole complete range of sautéed vegetables. And then what you can put in there, such as, like, marinated tofu, beans, things like that, and they'll just absorb the flavor and go along with the dish cohesively. And you can just mm-hmm. add that to your favorite grain or anything, and that can come out pretty wonderful. So... I feel like that works for most people, just because they can see how much power vegetables have on their own and how much flavor vegetables alone can provide. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to talk, let's talk a little bit about grains, because you mentioned adding your favorite grains. So what are the type of grains um, that you have? that you work with as far as as far as cooking that you feel bring the most flavor to a meal? So grains that I feel bring the most flavor is all depending on the dish. So like for a tofu with a particular sauce, I like brown rice just because of how, you know, when you're eating your favorite Asian dish with, you know, that all that sauce that you love that, you know, just keeps bringing flavors, spoon after spoon, it does something with the rice where, where it's, able to coat the rice and it brings like a sweetness. So the brown rice has like a, a savoriness to it. So it's like a two-tone type deal if you, if you ask me. So I feel like brown rice, short grain and long grain, barley, quinoa. I love red quinoa. Red quinoa is amazing. Um, jasmine rice as well as basmati rice are also great when you're thinking of, in terms of, you know, stews and things like that. And also bulgur. Bulgur is a great option as well. What is it? Bulgur wheat. What's bulgur? Tell us about bulgur. I've so, never heard about that. Bulgur is like a, think of a small grain. It's like a small grain. It's like, and it's kind of square, and it's a white, off-white kind of color. And it's similar hmm. to rice if you look at it. It looks similar to rice. Wow. <laughs> So I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned that your mom raised you and six of your brothers and sisters. Yes, ma'am. Are they all are they all still vegan? Yes, everyone's completely vegan still to this day. Wow! Wow! And so when when you guys started, when you had to go to school and do different things, there was never anything that you saw 
that you were like, oh, my God, that sounds so, smells so good or it looks like it tastes so good? Nothing that ever tempted you to or or your taste buds? Oh, never. That's, see, this is where my love for food keeps coming in because my mom, you know, the effort she put in our, even to our lunches we, she sent us to school with was spectacular. So we always had to compliment our meals. We had simple things like hoagies, you know, spaghetti, things like that, that other kids, when we opened our containers, they were envious of us, not the other way around. So, you know, <laughs> wow. along with our things, we, you know, they had vegan peanut butter cups, vegan Twizzlers, you know, things like that to keep kids interested, you know, the the, the, the delicious sweets that we love. So it was never, yeah, that we were interested in what the other kids were eating. Okay, you okay, said vegan a point. peanut butter cups. <laughs> well, I would like to know what type of sweets you would eat as a vegan. When you get that sweet Oh, sweet. Oh, you're talking to the right person in terms of sweets. I have an incredible sweet tooth. Um, really? So Na- Nature's Own has been providing sweets for us for years. Um, they make peanut butter cookies, chocolate chip cookies. They make, you know, Oreo-type cookies. Mm-hmm. But also Whole Foods produces their own brand of cookies, as well as Trader Joe's. So, you know, kids love sandwich cookies. So those were one thing that we love. Um, Just mm-hmm. This provides peanut butter cup cookies. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's the competition for Reese's. And then... We were also given, like, dark chocolate bars. So all of us as kids, you know, have a love for dark chocolate, which may be a little interesting. But we were given mm-hmm. dark chocolate bars that's made by XOXO, and they were infused with things like ginger, dried cherries, and things like that. So now you see mm-hmm. why the kids were so envious of, envious of us. They were almost like delicacies <laughs> compared to what they were eating. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds yummy. <laughs> yeah, they were like pretty delicious. Like he said, delicious. peanut butter cups. I felt that. I felt when he said the peanut butter cups. I felt that in my spirit. That's at my spirit. I felt that. He <laughs> felt that, Lisa. I, I felt that in my spirit. Now you mentioned that you go to Johnson and Wales. Which one do you go to? Because isn't it in Miami? Yes, ma'am. I attend the one in Miami, Florida. Um, let's see. You know, it's a, it's compared to the other campuses, it's the smaller one. But I feel mm-hmm. like in terms of keeping, not, I wouldn't say, but not being bored or staying inspired just because of the scenery that you see around you, is a, it's, so it's a great option in terms of which campus to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's a lot of vegan options around me. So it's not, you know, a problem in terms of eating at all. Um yeah, I feel like it's a great campus. Of, I haven't experienced all of them, but I feel like it's a great campus, even though the size may be a little smaller than others. Hmm. Okay. Now, you, in the chef program, though, do they uh, do they have a, a vegan program, or you have to cook everything in that program? So they're currently trying to incorporate a vegan option of teaching, like a, a vegan course. But as of right now, they don't. Um, the only experience I've had there where it was truly like a continuous vegan, like making vegan dishes back-to-back type deal was when we did all around the world cooking where we take dishes on different days from all different places of the world 
And you find that when you go from places like America, you know, European countries and things like that, they tend to use more vegetables or have more vegetarian dishes than the normal, you know, American style of cooking or lifestyle of eating. So I found I found that pretty interesting when we did that. And I also have a vegan teacher that when you come to her class, she announces on the first day, we're going to be cooking vegan most of the time, so get ready. And, you know, she opens people's minds into the vegan way of eating and things like that, and how you can change up dishes to make them vegan. And, you know, she likes to blow people's minds with that as well. So that's the only two vegan experiences I've had that were major. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, it can be challenging when working with meat and things like that all the time, and you're not being unable to, I mean, able to taste it. But I feel like that's helping me in the way where I have to know exactly what's going in my dish, how it works with the dish, and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was working for my benefit. Absolutely. Now, uh, I know. This is Tony. I said, um, I'm a cookbook junkie. I, I love a good cookbook. Do you have any um, cookbook authors out there that you love as far as, you know, a vegan cookbook? Um. Let's see. Well, I'm going to say my grandmother. I think, too, that's where the cooking, love for cooking may have come from. My grandmother had an endless amount of recipes for, you know, dessert that you would never think of, and as well as cooking recipes. So her name is Yvonne Joseph. You may not be able to find her because she's not a published author, but in my heart, she's a published author. She makes the most wonderful dishes that I've never thought of, and it always gives me like a aha. I never thought that would work, but it does, and amazingly. So, speaking on, you know, my favorite author, it would have to be her. I have to give her that credit. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> now, because you do food prep, and because it's vegan meals and you really have to be creative, how do you ensure dishes are varied and that they taste good? Do you try to make it first before you make multiple um, uh, servings of it? Do you um, try it on your family first? Um, Yes. So over the years, I've been trying different recipes and trying it out with my family first because, you know, they're they're the vegans, born vegan. We're all born vegan. So if anybody knows something vegan tastes good, it's us. So mm-hmm. everything has to, of course, go by them first. If I try anything new, you know, they come around, I'm tasting it, I'm tasting it, you know, things like that. So, of course, I always run it by them first. Um, and I take things similar to that dish if I can, you know, think of a new recipe for it, take similar things to a dish I previously made and not change up too much where the taste is drastically, you know, changed. So it's things like that that help me helps me keep, you know, a steady flavor that both vegan and the people coming into vegan lifestyle can appreciate. Absolutely. And I don't know how much of the show you listen to, but we also touched on how a lot of the the vegetation and the um, vegetables and the fruits that we have. First of all, fruit doesn't last like it used to, and vegetables they they're not they don't last like they used to. They're not fresh like they used to be, and a lot of veg- vegetables are coming uh, in contaminated. How does that affect your business, and how do you work around that when um, things like lettuce and certain things can't be used? 
So, for starters, I would like to say my family, or particularly my mother, <laughs> has, you know, allergies to certain foods just because of the chemicals they use on, on different um, vegetables and fruits to keep them fresh and to keep them looking mm-hmm. a certain way. And that has passed down to some of us. So we are all, we are, we are all aware of, you know, what chemicals they put in certain fruits and vegetables that keep people allergic to them or things like that mm-hmm. or aren't particularly healthy. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a steady um, – what, what, what word I use for that? We're steady looking at that in terms oh. of – yeah, that's a – yeah. I wouldn't say so much struggle, though, but we're constantly looking at what they use to preserve certain foods in both the meal prep and in our diet to stay healthy, but um, so we all use use organic foods that we inspect by hand before purchasing. Then after purchasing, we wash everything with apple cider vinegar and salt to keep them, you know, make sure they don't have any insects or things like that, get the chemicals off that they use to preserve things. And, you know, that's basically what we do uh-huh. in terms right. of that. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, do you tend to find that um, to maintain a proper and, and nutritiously healthy vegan lifestyle, do you feel that it's expensive, expensive or comparable to any other regular lifestyle of eating? I feel like it's definitely just like any other lifestyle. I mean, lifestyle. You can – it's not – you know, pricey or anything, as long as you mm-hmm. are able to plan what goes in what dish, you know, things like that and keep it simple, it can be, you know, pretty cheap. Um, any any lifestyle, any way of eating can be expensive depending on how you eat. So if you want this pricey cut of fish or pricey cut of meat, then your diet, of course, is going to be pricey. But mm-hmm. the same light in a vegan lifestyle, if you always want – you know, the prime products from, let's say, Whole Foods or Trader Joe's that have that pricey dollar on it, of course, it might be pricey. But, you know, mm-hmm. vegan and even vegetarian lifestyles are not pricey whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what is the biggest mess that you think um, there is about cooking a, a plant-based um, diet or, or plant-based food? Okay, say that question one more time for me. What is the biggest myth about cooking a plant-based diet or plant-based foods that mm-hmm. that you've experienced? What's the biggest myth? So I feel the biggest myth, other than tofu is disgusting, is it can be, for one, pricey. For two, flavors can be bland. And for three, that is just all right. I mean, outright disgusting. Um, vegan vegan diets, I feel, often get a bad rap before people even try them. And, you know, you can't judge something without at least trying it first. So, you know, that's things I'm steady trying to, you know, when people think of vegan food in my dishes. So I'm constantly putting that, putting that love in certain seasonings that I feel like people, when they taste them, be like, oh, yeah, I'm completely wrong or that was completely wrong. Um, to you know, to just basically change people's mindset because it can be a very negative perception of coming of a vegan lifestyle, and I want to change that for people when they eat the food 
you know, are just open-minded and feel like they can do it, you know. And also, regarding the last question, I want to say processed food, too, is a thing that can take a vegetarian, I mean, vegan diet from being easily affordable to incredibly pricey. That's why I want to help people understand you can make incredibly tasting dishes at home for, you know, pennies to the dollar. It does not have to be expensive at all. Mm-hmm. Do you have a thought writing, about writing a vegan cookbook? Almost definitely. I'm currently working on that right now. I'm going to use the I'm going to use the dishes that I've made for the meal prep to make the cookbook mm-hmm. just so people when they see the recipes can say, "Oh, I've had that. I know I know I know how to make it." You know, so their favorite dishes they can easily make at home now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Now, this is Tony mm-hmm. Jeff. Now, if you're going out, do whoever you're dating or going out do must they be a vegan as well? Um, when I take someone out and they, and let's, <laughs> and let's say they're not yeah, necessarily vegan, I try, yeah, <laughs> I try to find restaurants that cater to both just so they can see, you know, what I'm eating and what they're eating and how things compare and contrast, you know, that's a little more conversation for the, over the meal or over the day. So I would okay. use things as such as one of my favorite restaurants to do this would be, um, Let's see. It's a restaurant in Atlantic Station. Um, let's get a name. Mm-hmm. But he said, oh, I want to teach her something. So, I want her. I want her to be like, baby, what's that? Well, this right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called it's called Yard House. So what they do is they take uh, meat substitutes that people often like, and they use products such as Gardein, and people, you know. Gardein tries to simulate meat as best as possible while keeping it not too much tasting like meat. So they take that Gardein product and they infuse it into their dishes, you know, and they take different vegetables and they make it incredibly delicious. So when you see my orange Gardein, you know, strips with a orange and mint sauce come out next to some beautifully brown rice, and then they have this burger, you know, they're going to want to taste my food. So... That's an option I use a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Convert. His food is a trap, y'all. When he take y'all out, that's a trap right there. He said, "I, I that's." He makes sure his plate is so pretty that you like. What's that? <laughs> and he's just in his mind. Exactly. Got him. <laughs> so, so bottom line is you want uh, your if, if when it should it become serious, you want them to kind of. He's on over into veganism. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but now, wait a minute, because see, you can't, you can't pick the one. The one is picked for you. So what if she is not vegan? What if she is everything but she's not vegan? But, well, the fact that you're a chef, you can cook any meal, but how would you, you know, how would you balance that out? That would have to be a balance, right? You, yeah, yes. I've actually thought about this a lot. You know, uh, what if I bump to the the right woman and she's not necessarily vegan and may give like a little challenging to, you know, help her diet change and become more like mine just to keep her, you know, on the same health and nutritious type diet. Um, mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. terms of transitioning, I would start off with, you know, using different vegetable-based dishes just to open her mind to vegetables. 
while still using or even making things that I know simulate meat pretty well, pretty well, such as, you know, mm-hmm. you can do things that freeze tofu for a second and it gets like a chicken type, you know, peeling deal to it. And I use things like lentils because they always have that earthy flavor tone to them while still using, you know, things like garden products as well because they simulate meat very well. And people often find it amazing on first taste how close it is or how close it gets to it. So I feel when it comes to that point, if I use things like that or stick to that plan, that I can potentially help her, you know, come into that vegan lifestyle. Oh, so you Even if it may seem to be a little challenging, I'm accepting book. a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, Lisa brought up. I know. Lisa brought up a good point, uh, Chef. She said, because um, you are a chef. Now, have you yes, found just ever found yourself cooking outside of vegan? You know, ha- or did you still have that desire to 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 cook outside of being vegan? And if you did, did you feel like you were cheating? Um, I've never cooked outside of being vegan until I went to school. Hmm. But mm-hmm. even then, during the cooking, I've never really, you know, had the want to cook more meat. I've always thought of how can I take this, you know, meal and transfer it into a vegan diet and be inspired based off this dish and make mm. it so I can eat it and others can eat it while still being healthy, you know, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I've never had the desire to cook or even eat meat. It's always been how can I change it up? Mm. Okay. That's interesting because if you know you're, you're you're some people think a chef could just cook any and everything, but sometimes you have yeah. your specialties like you have your vegan food, and uh, if you yeah. are cooking yeah. something outside of that, like a a, a T-bone steak or something, um, you know how would you approach that, being that that's not in your specialty. So. You know, being in school, I've learned how to cook things and what, how to get things, you know, to medium rare, rare, things like that, and how I judge it based right. off that. So mm-hmm. I know what I do is I go by feel, for one, and I use a thermometer, you know, to judge the internal temperature of the meat. Mm-hmm. So I know ex- I know how to cook meat, even without tasting it. I know what, it's, what I have to do to give it flavor. I know what I have to do to give it the right texture. I know all of that. So... You know, as I said, I'm constantly trying to figure out how to take that and put it into a vegan lifestyle. So let's say steak, for instance. While I'm cooking steak on a grill in school, to get make sure I get that A on this certain platter, um, I'm constantly thinking, all right, how can I take this steak and make it vegan? So what I would do is I would take kale bone, because kale bone is a wheat gluten. You take it and, you know, you season it and you add water to it and you bake it off, and it gets this, like, tough texture similar mm-hmm. to, you know, steak. So when I'm cooking that steak, I think, okay, if I take a piece of kale bone and I marinate it the same way, and, you know, I grill it off with things like that, but infuse it, you know, with different um, sauces or things like that and give it a juiciness to it, yeah, I can make it possibly just mm-hmm. in texture, if not almost the same, to, so, you know, it can – help people that love steak when it comes to a vegan lifestyle and see that it's a possibility to still love steak, but in a different light, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about mm-hmm. opening up a restaurant? Almost definitely. My dream goal is to open up a restaurant, but the way I want my company set up is, you know, 
meal prep type company where people can come in and their food is just there for them and they can grab it and go, almost similar to fast food. Then I want fine dining type vegan restaurant because you don't often find too many vegan fine dining restaurants. Um, I just had my first experience with a vegan fine dining restaurant when I was in Manhattan, New York, for a, mm-hmm. a um, you know, personal chef gig that I had. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. They used, you know, white wine sauce that they had reduced into a beautiful, sweet, you know, slightly smoky sauce. They had um, cordon bleu that you see in a, you know, in a vegan diet often done right, if not done at all. And, you know, it was things like that. And just seeing that inspired me to know that I can do this too and I can incorporate vegan into a fine dining experience. So I would like, you know, the meal prep company, fine dining restaurant chain, as well as, you know, possibly a fast food type deal where even though it's fast, it's incredibly healthy still. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be interesting. And so what is the average price for your meal prep meals? So we have three different plans. So for the nine meals, you get uh, three different meals of three different dishes. So three meals of each dish. And that comes to a total of 117 for that whole thing, that whole package. And then we offer a six-meal plan where you get two dishes, I mean two meals of three different dishes. And that comes to a total of $84, so it's $14 each for each meal. And then we have another plan, which is almost like a taster-type deal, where it's three meals. And so you get one of each dish, and that one comes to $45. Now, how do you hmm. keep them, them fresh? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, a lot of times vegetables and, like we were saying earlier, and fruits, they don't last like they're used to. They're only good for a, a, a couple of days. So how do you... Um, keep them fresh where all of those meals last for uh, a week. So this is where the college experience and what I've learned there comes into play. Um, so mm-hmm. in, in the cooking, they tell you what has to be what temperature when you know when you're heating it up, cooling it down, so you can make sure your food doesn't spoil you or even, you know, turn in color or things like that to make sure your food is fresh from now to a week later. So I use those same techniques to ensure my food is safe to eat as well as healthy, you know, and fresh from a week later, you know, things like that. I use that as well as I use airtight containers for dedicated to meal prep so that when you take your container now and open it, you know, a week and a half later, let's say you're on your last meal that you was just craving the same day you bought it. It's as fresh as it was Uh that day. So those are two, you know, things I use to combat that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have listeners uh, listening to the show tonight, uh, Chef. What piece of okay. advice would you give someone that's just contemplating going to a, a, a plant-based diet to become a vegan? What, what piece of advice? advice would you? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say for one, Stay open-minded. Um, a lot of people's first vegan experience can be, you know, not the best in terms of them mm-hmm. just not knowing how to go about introducing to themselves. So right. I feel you need to stay open-minded when thinking of going into a vegan lifestyle because, you know, you can go to one restaurant thinking you're about to get the most amazing 
vegan plate and it turns out not to be what you expected but then you can find another restaurant and you're just mind blown by the you know flavor of things so i feel for one stay open-minded but two uh you know take your time be patient and let things you know let your flavor profile expand with the with the transition to the vegan lifestyle diet because mm-hmm. you know you're coming from one type of eating so you have to be able to understand going into another style of eating or lifestyle of eating it won't be exactly the same but it will be delicious and so mm-hmm. um take it one step at a time you know take your time be willing to go through the process of changing your diet and have an open palate like have an open a open tongue that's ready to taste you know all types of different flavors and dishes because any dish has to have a flavor and you won't like all flavors but you will enjoy a, a mass amount of flavors in any you know style of eating so you know just stay open-minded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay well That's you know here at life chat we always like to do a fun question t always comes up with some good ones but i got one for you because <laughs> okay. okay you got a picky eater like you gotta you gotta make me and tony a three-course meal. Okay. And we are picky. Tony loves her meat. Uh-huh. And I don't eat everything, like mushrooms and quinoa. They're kind of nasty to me. So you have to create <laughs> for us a three-course meal that tickles our taste buds. Okay. Um, three-course meal. So she doesn't – she loves meat. And you mm-hmm. don't have a thing for, let's say, earthy things such as quinoa and mushrooms. So, for one, meat eaters tend to love things, or not meat eaters, but people who love meat tend to love things that are slightly sweet, savory, yet still smoky. So, I w- what I would mm-hmm. do is take things like one kale bone because of how similar it is and how mind blown it might make you at, upon tasting it. So, I would take kale bone, you know, do it just like you would do steak and things like that, marinate it for, you know, however long so it gets that taste infused and probably grill it off or pan sear it and things like that and probably just a certain sauce or something. So I would take kale bone um, as just an entree for both of you so you can get the experience. I will also take, you know, um, probably tofu just to see, just to open your mind to tofu and understand that, you know, tofu can also be delicious. As well as, let's see, I would have to probably throw something that's like a little different. So I would probably vulgar patty and gravy, which would probably be bell pepper gravy, which is slightly sweet, you know, just to help you feel like, okay, even if it's a grain, it can still be incredibly delicious. So I would use that as well. And, you know, staying in that, you know, flavor profile, I would use things such as, you know, zucchini salad which has a, a a freshness to it, which is which if you put, like, things like dill, mint, and, you know, cilantro or parsley, it brings that flavor out more, and it brings, like, this fresh palate coating type deal to it. So with these uh-huh. hearty, you know, entrees and, and protein substitutes, main protein substitutes, you have these fresh vegetables next to it. So we use things like uh, zucchini salad. So that's, you know, with the, let's say, kale bone. And... For the 
uh, vulgar patties that we use seen, such as green. You know, every who who uh-huh. doesn't love green? Everybody loves green. So uh-huh. use greens for that. And let's say for the tofu, I would use, you know, sauteed string beans where they have a crunch, yet they're still incredibly juicy. So that's your vegetables on all of those. And then for a start, uh-huh. I would use uh, herb potatoes, which I take and I roast off. I like herb potatoes. So, you know, I take a little olive oil, my favorite dry herb, and I rub it all down, you know, let it spread throughout the potatoes, and I roast that off you know, with a little salt and pepper, and that comes out incredibly delicious. And I would use that in terms of the kale bones. So now it's kale bones, zucchini, and the roasted potatoes. And for the tofu, I would use tofu, you know, brown rice, as I said, because it works incredibly with tofu that has a sauce to it. So I would use the tofu, brown rice, and the sauteed string beans. So that's one. So it's like an Asian-inspired type deal where you get, you know, from a different culture standpoint. And then mm-hmm. for the bulgur patties, so it's the bulgur patties green, and I would probably use um, something like a carrot and sweet potato type, you know, scallop potatoes, where it's, it's almost like a ratatouille type deal going on, but I can incorporate like a marinara to it, where mm. it's uplifting, but still like a, a savory, you know, heartwarming type taste to it. So that would be my three dishes for you all to taste, you know, and feel incorporated. Mm-hmm. So nothing's too earthy like your quinoa and mushrooms and also is keeping the person who loves the meat open minded. Mhm. Okay. And what about our dessert? We gotta have you know, we we we, Ooh, we like we gotta have right. we like we like <laughs> Oh you know I got you Look, nah, you got, got to you come in dessert. there. But I say you can't just be stuffing us with tofu. I mean, we need to, we need to know that it's going down after we eat all of that. So thankful, thankfully, my grandma has passed down a, a wonderful brownie recipe to me. So Ooh. I can make a mean brownie with with walnuts. I use walnuts in a cranberry sauce, you know, to make it more savory, not savory, but to make it more, you know, high-end type feeling to it where it just mm-hmm. keeps those flavors aligned. So you can have like a nuttiness, you know, the dark, sweet chocolate, and then you have like this sweet but tart cranberry sauce on it. So that I also provide on my meal prep company. So that, and I have a favorite dessert that I make called pecan rolls. So pecan rolls, so just oh. like cinnamon rolls, but instead of the, instead of the, um, you know, white sugar dress, I mean, white sugar icing or icing period, I take brown sugar, I make it into a car- caramel, and then I put it on a large baking sheet. And then from mm-hmm. there, I add either – I add pecans to it, and I put the cinnamon rolls on top, you know, bake it off, and then I, upon coming out the oven, I flip it over. So now what you're looking at is a cinnamon roll with, you know, this brown sugar caramel on top with pecans in it. It just looks amazing, just as amazing as it tastes. That's so that would be my two about. options for you all. That's what I'm talking about. That's that make up for everything yeah. else. I'm like, like you said that thing, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, can I have my dessert now? Where, where's, where's the brownies? <laughs> I ate everything else. Can I have my brownies now? <laughs> like the kids at the table. You know, the kids at the table are like, okay, I, I ate that. I ate those five bites. Exactly. Can I have exactly. that cake over there now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we so appreciate you coming and kicking with us here in the chat room and 
share a healthy vegan diet and, and meals with us. I want you to shout out all of your social media, your website, where everybody can get your meal preps, any events that you have coming up, and okay. when your book will um, be released. <laughs> so you can find my website, 360vegan.com. It's spelled out. So that's 3 T H R E E sixty S I X T Y vegan V E G A N dot com and it's no spaces or anything like that. That's the website. And then you can find me on Instagram at three sixty the number three six zero dot vegan. And let's see, Twitter you can find me at three sixty underscore vegan. And rep recipe book, I'll keep you updated. They'll be coming out soon. Definitely. Definitely. And you gotta come back on to promote it. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Absolutely. It was a pleasure talking okay. to you all. Yeah, I'm going to try, try your sample meals, but I'm going to send you a long email because this is some stuff that I don't eat, and it's got to be good because, you know, my motto is why does it have to be nasty? I got to think about putting nasty things in my mouth. So it's got to be like, <laughs> no, I got to cover this. No, you're going to enjoy whatever I send you. So I got, we're going to work that out. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us tonight, Jeff. We appreciate you. No problem. Thank you, too. Okay, have a good night. You, too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> that was awesome, Lish. I, I learned a lot. Now, you know, because I'm trying, I want to do, I really want to do the vegan thing. I think that that's um, uh, just healthier. But this, this this thing about things that are nasty, I'm like, eh. I just don't know. So we're going to see because I don't know. He's saying he was making it sound real good. So we're going to see. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha, and you know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony, Honey child, we are talking that talk today about a healthy mind, body, and soul. And we just had the fabulous three a 360 Vegan Chef, Gideon Winters, on. If you missed his interview, no worries. Just go back to our archives here on blogtalk.com, um, as well as iTunes and really any podcast app you could pick us up on. Let's chat with Miss Tony Alicia and uh, listen to his interview. He gave a lot of, dropped a lot of meal jewels and, and different things that um, I didn't know existed. I didn't know that vegetables could be like so... Like it's tofu. I mean, and and I'm like, really? You got some fake, fake steak and chow. <laughs> so he he was really giving us some some good information. Mhm. Very good. You know, he kind of opened up my eyes because when you think vegan, first thing I think about is tofu. <laughs> uh huh. And then I'll be like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> right. But isn't that what you do? Yeah. Be like, ugh. What y'all got going mm-hmm. on, child? No, mm, that's what you're going to have? Or fake meat. I'm like, no, I don't want no fake meat. Just give me salad. And then when all of the, the salmonella scares came around, I was, like, I just had my first salad, I think, in some months because I was scared to eat lettuce. Like, when they had that cantaloupe scare, I think, last year or the year before last, I still haven't eaten cantaloupe mm-hmm. because it's wow. like, I just once it happens, it's like mm-mm, I'm good. So.
so it's like how do we function like that when the things that we are eating that are supposed to be healthy for us can hurt us at the same time? But, honey, we got mm-hmm. our next fabulous guest in here, child. She's about to shake it up in here. Honey, we're about to be talking <laughs> about everything. Y'all better clutch y'all pearls now. <laughs> <laughs> but see, in my body and soul, it's good to be have a healthy spirit and a healthy mind and uh, a healthy mm-hmm. sex life. And so we have the fabulous author, Sharon K. Griffin. Welcome. Uh, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I got my pen and paper ready, girl. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely, because we know we get some tools up in here. <laughs> It's so oh my bad. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. We ready y'all. for you, girl. We ready. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Wait a minute. I was like, oh, it's about to be good tonight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, anywho, how are you ladies doing? We are good. Now, before we start, I want to say happy belated yeah. birthday again. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. Now we're happy you joined us tonight. Yeah, oh we're about to get into the good so... stuff. Now, if y'all don't follow her on Facebook, y'all should, because she be throwing some stuff out there. Let me tell y'all, she had put this one where she had asked the pastor about women and and, and if the if. If religion binds them, what was that question? If the church binds them or religion, what, how did you word that? Uh, well, basically, I asked the pastor, does he think that religion has bound the black woman in the church? And his response was yes. And then I said to him, so is that why you all go out and cheat with, like, the celebrity-looking women? But you marry the homely-looking women, keep her at home bound up, but you go have fun with the fun girl. You know what? You better so. stop it. Nobody don't want mm-hmm. no scraggly person for real, for real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's you know? true, and this is the thing. You know, when it comes to meeting people, Confidence is really what draws people in. Like people say, oh, I want a strong man. Um, da, 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 da. He got to be a man. First of all, it's the difference between a, 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 a grown male and a grown man. And second of all, the strength comes in his confidence, just like the strength yeah. comes in her confidence. Now, honey, you got this book, child. We're going to start with this 3 p.m. Me, okay. the preacher, the power, and the penis. Let's talk about it. No, 3 p.m. The preacher, the power, the penis, and me. Okay. Oh. Yes. We ready. <laughs> well, let's talk me. about. Let's um, talk about the, the the title. Where did you okay. come with the concept of the title? Well, initially the book was entitled "The Coochie Ain't Gonna Keep the Preacher Satisfied." Ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. That's the title. Honey. <laughs> and I might do a, uh, a release on that, but just, you know, a, a limited edition. So, yeah, like mm. a lot of women think that the vagina or pussy, however you want to call it, is going to keep a man, and it really doesn't. Some of the baddest mm. women get cheated on. 
And when I mm-hmm. say the baddest, I'm talking about the finest, the most confident women, uh, women who got it going on as far as owning houses, cars, and land. You know, they, they get cheated on, too. But I say flip the script. Hmm. Nobody now, see, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna give you a little tea. Now she used to be a first lady. Now, so oh. she she dropping knowledge and jewels all all in that pen of hers. Mm, first and first hand. Well, you know what? I've learned a whole lot by experience mm-hmm. and by watching other people suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times in church they tell us, and I don't want this to be a church thing, but in church they say, oh, pray them through, fast them through. But if a nigga don't want to change, he ain't going to change. I don't care how much you fast and pray. And that's right. the reality of the story. But some people that's the reality of life. abuse the situation because mm-hmm. of the Bible or the church. And that's not right. You know, there's mm. a lot of women who are married to pastors even now um, who aren't happy, but they are, quote, unquote, trusting God. But my thing is that God wants you to be abused because the Bible tells me that he's a loving God. So it's a contradiction to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to add believe. about settling. That's like settling. Mm-hmm. And when you settle, Absolutely. first of all, it's, it's not healthy. But when you're settling, I, I truly believe that you're lying to God. You're being dishonest. You're being deceitful because you're settling, mm-hmm. but you, you, you're settling for something that you really don't want or you're settling for something that right. you're really not completely satisfied with. And you're trying to right. tell him this is enough, but he already the, knows what it is. But the crazy, crazy thing is people believe in their mind. So... Some people, you can't say you're in an abusive relationship or you can't say God doesn't want this for you or you're not supposed to be in this. Because if they have something embedded in their mind, they're indoctrinated, that's how they're going to respond. Mm. So it's choices that we have to make personally. And what I've learned a lot about our community is we don't like change. That's true. We don't want to change. You know, if mama said that this was right, then that's what you take into the grave a lot of times, not challenging those thought beliefs that we once had to believe. But when you come into real knowledge, your whole perspective will change. Mm-hmm. So I tell Absolutely. people now, I'm not a Christian. I'm very spiritual. So I might be mm-hmm. cussing one minute and I might be praising God the next. It just depends on the situation. Mm. Absolutely, because I did post this. There's a difference between mm-hmm. being religious. Remember I posted that? There's a difference between being religious and being spiritual. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, to me, religion is bondage. Religion gives you all these rules. You know, religion says, I can't do this, or you can't do this, you can't do that, and Whatever, but spirituality, in my opinion, is about the freedom to choose. Now, what might be wrong for you might not be wrong for me. I remember when I first got into the church and, you know, married my second pastor husband, that um, I threw away all my secular CDs. 
but it was a time and place for that. Now I can listen to music and it doesn't affect my spirit the way it used to. But mm-hmm. when you come into that type of knowledge, then you can be open to other things. Mm-hmm. You want to say, oh, I got to mm-hmm. date me a Christian man. Well, in my opinion, they've been the worst for me. Maybe somebody else had a different experience. <laughs> but for me, they've been the worst. I told the pastor that I was talking to, I'd rather have a dog in the street because at least I know what I'm getting. Ooh, right. Exactly, mm-hmm. and then I have a choice. But if I get with somebody in the church, I'm thinking you're going to lead me spiritually, and you know you have this relationship with God, and and I've been disappointed in that area. I became mad at God, like, okay, God, you allowed me, not realizing that I allowed myself to mm-hmm. be treated a certain way for certain such a long time for a length of time. But honey, when it changed, oh, hell, it all changed. Sitting now, tight dressing, whatever I want to do, I'm going to do. Yes. And then while I'm on my way doing I'm going to say, okay, God, can you go with me? Can you make sure I'm safe while I'm doing it? You know, the other day I was thinking, you know, people ask me, well, how did you get delivered? I said, in the club with a margarita in my hand and dancing. But on the way to the club, I said, all right, God, I already know that you're drunk. So, I to get in the accident. I don't want to hurt nobody on my feet. And can you protect me while I'm out there? And he said just that. So, I said, thank Amen. you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And, and I think we, exactly, they forget that it's a relationship. People forget that it's a relationship. You know, when you have to have that, the healthy um, mind and a healthy soul, you it's your whole, you have to change the way you start thinking about things. I think that a lot of times so many different seeds have been planted in us that were not realistic, but we kind of ran with them. And, right. and we kept right. going with them. Now, right. there are, and you, go, ahead. go ahead. But check it out. When you break free from, from that, you all have to realize you're going to lose a lot of people. You're going to lose some friends. You're going to lose some family. You're going to lose some enemies. Because <laughs> people going to think you're crazy. <laughs> but really, they crazy <laughs> and you free. <laughs> But it is true. I think that society keeps us bound. Like, mm-hmm. I do agree that religious keeps us bound. You you are bound mm-hmm. up, but I think that society in itself, we are so bound up and wrapped up by people's opinions and expectations, yes. and this should be like this, and it should be like this, and traditions. We're just so bound up mm-hmm. and wrapped up that we don't know how to just breathe and be free. Right. Well, I know how to be free, and I'm doing it. And <laughs> some people love it, and other people hate it, but I don't give a darn. Like, so what? You don't have to live with me. You're not paying my bills. You ain't having sex with me. So it really doesn't matter. And if you were doing all those type of things, I'm going to still be me. Absolutely. You know, so. But a lot of people are afraid to be themselves. Mm-hmm. And we have to come to a place where we're willing to take off that mask of bondage, which is going to be uncomfortable in the beginning. 
However, when you continue to walk in your freedom journey, trust me, it becomes a great thing. You just start feeling a little lighter. You know, you just Uh start worshiping different. You know, I thank God for everything, good and small. It don't even matter. Thank you, God, that that was great sex. Yes. Yes, God. (laughs) You know but and it's important. Let's 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 talk about a healthy sex life and how important it is. Yes, it is very important because there's so many people, especially married people, who are unsatisfied. And I was unsatisfied in my marriage, you know, because he was a preacher. And this is what I don't understand. I'm like, okay, he says you don't like to do this, you don't like to do that, but. You can cheat. Like, that was an oxymoron. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I don't get this. You know, so I read a book, Fucking Dick Saves Marriage. I don't know. You know? (laughs) It's just crazy. It's crazy how people think and how Mm -hmm. society has bound us, even in our sexuality. Good girls mm-hmm. don't do this. Well, what the hell can good girls do? Can they have fun? Or do they just do missionary? I don't know. But mm. religion teaches that kind of stuff. You know, just do it this way, just do it that way. I don't know. It's very interesting. <laughs> but I like sex. I do. I do. God, God made me to be a sexual being, and I say, God, you created me this way, and I thank you for it. You know, we we all thank him. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> thank right. Thank so you, mm-hmm. right. thank you for so because you ask him every day. You ask him to order your steps. You ask him to to cover you. You yes. ask him to order your, to to cover your mind. You ask him to to unleash your creativity, unleash this, unleash that, and then it's really your mind that's all wound up, and that's, and that's why true. you can't. Fully experience what he's trying to do for you because your mind is wrapped up in things that he ain't asked you to be wrapped up in. Right. And and I want to say this, especially for your Bible thumper um, people. Uh-oh. There was 400 and something commandments in the Bible, okay? Now, mm-hmm. God created those, whoever, Moses, whoever wrote the darn thing, created those to show man that it's impossible for you to keep all those commandments in one day. There were commandments of when you can go to the bathroom. That's crazy. So that means I got to hold my poop or hold my pee the whole time until the hour comes. So all the stuff like thou shalt not care and all that. God knew we was going to do all that kind of stuff. You know, but do it healthy. You know, use your condoms, get your checks, all that kind of stuff. Right, but if you think about it, even if you look into the Bible, because everybody has begot so many different people, it's like Sarah begot Jane, Jane. I'm like, dang, Sarah, you right. But if you think (laughs) about it, I look at this show called The Tudors Back, King Henry, or whatever. Honey, they was getting it in. I think I finished the whole seasons or whatever they were, like in two weeks. It was that good. Because I didn't know they were doing it like that back then. I was over What's the name there. of that series? <laughs> it's called The Tudors. 
Oh, oh yeah. Okay. But you know, know, back in the day, marriage wasn't like it is now. It didn't start becoming legal until what the the late um twenties or something like that. But it, I don't forgot the year. But le- le- marriage wasn't what it was. If you think about, if you go back to Cleopatra. And Mark Anthony, it was if you live together. If you live together, you're considered being married. Y'all stay in the same house. They that was considered your wife. Wow. So okay. And then if you look at in the Bible, if you look at Abraham and Sarah, that was the first time you can look at an open relationship because Abraham had concubines. He married uh-huh. his second wife, but that was after Sarah had passed. But he married his his. His concubine was his second wife, but that's what they had because it, it's the Bible was a, a was cultural way of time. life, the way they lived, right. and it was a different time. They did things differently. They lived differently, right? Than but what we have wants now to keep us in those times, and we're not there. And I think that's what makes people very shameful about their sexuality, mm-hmm. about being open. About sex, sex talk. Everywhere I go, I'm talking about sex. People probably say, well, what the hell is she? You know, I just like talking about sex because it's a that needs to be discussed. You know, so mm-hmm. many women think that sucking dick is wrong. Well, if your man likes you to suck his dick, then suck his dick. Learn how to suck his dick. It's okay. You don't have to tell nobody you suck your dick. You know, God exactly. ain't going to strike you while you're down there sucking it. Like, just be you. You're not and nobody needs to know what you. you're doing. Exactly. If you, if you like him to flip it a certain way or bite your titty or whatever it is, it's okay. It's what's mm-hmm. between two grown folks who can make an informed decision. But religion mm-hmm. and society will tell us this is wrong, that is wrong, you can't do this. But then the people who tell us we can't do it, they doing it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of pastors that's out there fucking. I'm just saying. Doing it more than and anybody else. That's right. And that's my thing. Right, and that's my thing. It's like where we get so bound up that we don't, it's not that you may not want to, but you don't know how. Like, you don't know how to open yourself up like that because, and then he feeds into that expectation instead of just saying, okay, well, this is not working for me. As a, I think as a pastor, you're supposed to be the most honest person to be able to come to your wife and say, now, babe, this is not working. You know what I'm saying? And and, and this is this and, and this is that because if they're not communicating, how can you counsel somebody else and have them communicate? And that's true. Really, excuse me, I'm sorry. You really can't. And you can't do it openly and honestly. Tired of hypocrites. And that's why I believe, excuse me, ladies, that Mm -hmm. the church is dying out, especially with young people, because so many of them see a hypocrite standing before us. I remember... I went to the club. I saw the ministers in the club on Saturday night. And I was like, whoa. Like, we all partying together. And I'm like, oh, 
this is this is different. But I can respect mm. you if you tell me, hey, I'm a gay pastor, hey, I'm a partying pastor, hey, I'm a whatever, because mm-hmm. you've given me that choice to accept you. Now, most likely, I am going to accept you because I've learned to eat the meat and spit out the bones. There's a lot of people right. who have great messages, but who are flawed. But we are all flawed. That's right. So why can't I learn from you and glean from you and let the creator deal with your flaws? Mm-hmm. But as black folk, we tend not to do that. We will judge one another, but yet have um, a mask on and try to pretend that we're something that we're not. Mm-hmm. And I refuse. I'm going to be me whether you like it or you don't. So I don't mm-hmm. act one way in this place and one way. Uh-uh. I'm going to be cussing and loud and happy and jolly, and I might get a little <laughs> drunk, whatever it is. And if you mm-hmm. don't like it, you don't got to watch. But you know okay. something, Sharon? The message is better received from the messenger when that messenger is being true to himself, especially when you know. know otherwise. You know, right, right. But check this out, and I'm asking you to this. How come it's easier for us to accept a flawed pastor than accept each other? Like, we know the mm. preacher fornicating, but we like, ooh, that's all right. He he, just a man. But then somebody else come along, mm-mm, oh, they in sin. And it's so judgmental. Could you guys answer that for me? Because I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. I believe that we are all flawed. Nobody is perfect. But we are always looking for perfection from someone else because we desire to be perfect. We desire to be what we can never be. And so when we look at pastors the the and first ladies, the idea is or the vision that we see that we've created is perfection. Like when they had the first wives, you know, when they had that um, reality show mm-hmm. with the first ladies, I didn't too much mm-hmm. care for that show. Only because you, I because I I see my first lady in a certain way, mm-hmm. and it's not that I don't see her as um, perfect. But I've always had a first lady that's been real. Like, let me tell y'all, y'all can't be out here mm-hmm. with everybody, but if you do, da 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 If you're married, let me tell mm-hmm. you. You know, just real down to earth, like real, uh, of what, what life is and, and pleasing your man and your husband. and your in. Mm-hmm. But to see one, I don't know, just to see the version of them, Cat fighting and and fighting and gossiping and to me it it kind of taints that like we don't want to see that even though that is reality because uh-huh. just that's just a title people are not perfect and people are messy I don't care what title they have you know you have pastors that are thieves you have pastors that are criminals you got pastors that they might be holy eighty percent of the time and then the other 20 percent you know they are um doing things that they shouldn't be doing right and so it's reality that it happens but i just didn't want to see it on tv okay 
Because you had an image of a certain type of first lady. Right, because I'm like, my first lady don't act like that. But then it's like, well, how do you know? Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, how you know? Because you don't even get to, that's a whole different uh, world. Like, they have their own different world. They have their own different set of things that they go through outside of us um, in the congregation. They have their whole, they have a whole different set of things that they go through. Just like if you look at stars and, and status, they they got a whole set of different things that they go through. You can't compare yourself to Beyonce and Jay-Z, just like you can't compare yourself to uh, T.D. Jakes and his wife. Why? Because they have a whole mm-hmm. different type of world. And people are still people. People are broken. People are messy. People are still people. And as a pastor, I, I think the best part um, of experience a good, uh, experiencing a good pastor is one that's been uh, through life, one that knows. Like, you can't say you went through it, but you didn't, right? You can't counsel somebody on something you never experienced. But the ones that have really been in the world and they know they've been broken, they've been built back up, those are the ones that they have the best word because they're like, look, I'm telling you what it is. I'm not... I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm telling you what it really is. I think we should just allow people to be people. And what I Mm -hmm. love about the white church is that pastor is just Bob. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Great message (laughs) right there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and when Mm -hmm. Bob falls, the church holds him accountable for mm-hmm. his actions. So they may sit his ass down for, you know, about six months. Oh, we're going to get you some help, buddy. You know, you got a fornication addiction. Or <laughs> right, right. We're going to walk you right through this because we want to see you win. You know, mm-hmm. but then in the black church, we turn a deaf ear and an eye what we see and I've always felt that there's no accountability and I can say that because I've gone to my leaders um, with my mm-hmm. husband's or ex-husband's infidelities and it was like oh don't do that no more and I say you'd rather pimp our gifts and our anointings than say you need to deal with your household and get some help mm-hmm. you know but my journey the six years since being divorced has taught me compassion and to take men as men, whether they're men of the cloth or men in the world, men in the streets, because they tend to tell me a lot of things that they wouldn't tell other individuals. For example, I got a call last week. You know, my husband, I mean, my wife, excuse me, my wife ain't giving me no sex and I don't know what I could do, but I'm doing all of this and all of that. And my response was, well, would you like me to communicate with her? No, but I just needed somebody to talk to. And there's a lot of men who cannot talk to anyone because mm. they they don't know who they can trust. Like, women, we have girlfriends. You know, we, we confide in one another. That's just how we are. But a lot of men don't feel comfortable enough to share their flaws and to go get help. 
even as far as like counseling and therapy, you know, and I think that's sad for whatever reason, whether it's pride or whatever. But mm-hmm. I enjoy I enjoy the fact that they are able to come to me and to communicate effectively, including my ex husband. We're very oh. good friends now. Very mm. good friends. And my current fiance knows that we're good friends as well. You know, do we mm-hmm. talk on the phone as much anymore? No, since I'm engaged and stuff. But even our communication after the, the after the divorce wasn't about me and him. You know, it was more of a counseling, are you okay? Um, you know, I'm praying for you. You know, well, what do you think went wrong in our marriage? How can we both be better people? So mm. more of that now. And I think that just took the spirit of God, um, the creator, to come in and soften our hearts. You know, and I'm going to say especially soft in mind because when I left my marriage, I was bitter. I was angry. I was hurt. And it took me about five years of therapy and coaching to get where mm-hmm. I am now as far as being able to even call a pastor pastor and not say he ain't shit. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. even if I know he's mm-hmm. lost, I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you still cool. You all right? What's going on? You know, because people just want to talk. And they want somebody who's not going to judge them and and tell their business. I know stuff about so many people, including celebrities, that I would never share because I've sat at some tables, especially here in Vegas, where stuff is just being said and whatever, but I would never repeat anything. Why? Because I wouldn't want someone to repeat my stuff. So we mm-hmm. have to learn, you know, when people share stuff with us, just hold that. Take certain things to the grave or talk to God about it on their behalf. You know, all right, God, well, I can't do nothing about it, but soften their heart or touch that situation, whatever it is, because mm-hmm. people are going through things. That's why suicide is on the uprising, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. And we wow. don't want to talk about that. We can go to church, and the person next to us is about to commit suicide when they go home, but we'll never know because we don't have a spirit of discernment. Mm. But you know something, Sean? You hit it right on the nose when you said a little while ago that men have no one they can talk to because they don't know who to trust. Just like you take take seriously when someone comes to you and, and just needs to, to relieve their heart. You know, I'm like that as well. I I have a lot of stuff that people talk to me about because they know they can trust. You don't have to go out and run your mouth with everything because those same people that are right. running their mouths about everybody else's business, what are they doing? Where are they at in life? You know, what are they contributing right. to society? So you don't have to go out and just tell everything. And, and, and that's the problem today is trust. And I'm not one to judge because I'm not the judger, you know. I'm far from it. And like you said earlier, everybody should be deemed men and women before, first and foremost, before they start putting titles on themselves. That's right. And, you know, besides trust, I think we're lacking loyalty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I feel like this. If you 
done for me and I know you and whatever, I'm going to be loyal to you to the end. That's just my character. Now, if you're wrong about something, I'm going to tell you, you know, and if I have to make some decisions. But loyalty is something that I truly, truly, truly believe in because there's people out here who aren't loyal. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're this way in front of you, and then they'll go to somebody else and, and talk about you. And, you know, but I've always heard if you bring the dog a bone, you're taking a bone right there. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going to sit around and tell you my business while you're talking about somebody to me. I'm just thinking, uh, won't be me. Ain't but you know. Giving them the side eye. <laughs> right, but yeah, you, know, men, you know, men are the biggest gossipers. They they are the biggest talkers. I think they talk more than we do. Because if you think about it, and I'm not being funny, but they do. Like, they will they will not want you to tell a soul anything that y'all experience or go through, but they will tell their family members. They may not tell their best. Your experience. <laughs> they will. They will talk to their moms. They may not if they close with their fathers. Men are gossipers. Men are gossipers. Their brothers. Some men do talk. Some some men do talk. If the brothers is tight, right? If the brothers is tight, you know he done told it. Let me tell you what she did, bro. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because I think it's because they feel like they won't say anything. Like what I'm saying is safe. Mhm. Mhm. Right. Somebody that can trust, and all of us need somebody <laughs> to talk to. You know. Now, as as a person, not a male or female, you should only talk to someone you could trust, or mm-hmm. who you think you can trust. Right. You know, I talk. I talk to old folks, people like eighty and ninety, <laughs> people who don't know me. <laughs> Wait, they don't know, and they don't care either. They sure don't. They might give you some advice, buy you a drink. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And who they going to tell? Right, right, right. They might go home and say, I met a a bald woman, you know. (laughs) But they don't know the bald woman name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They'll just think they're rambling. Yeah. You know, so you have to be very careful who's in your circle. That's right. Because mm-hmm. everybody in your circle ain't going to be really be your friend. That's I right. got a dot. <laughs> she said a dot. The circle, I got a dot. <laughs> she said a dot. Don't put a glass of wine in there. 
<laughs> I know that's right. Or margarita on my behalf and some shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not telling you you're ugly. <laughs> now, Sean, I want to talk about your book, 134 Reasons You Can't Find a Man. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, you... Is you still in Go tea? Ahead. Is your book? You spilling tea? Am I still what? Spilling tea. You were talking about Am somebody. I tea? Somebody. No. Look, that, I just feel like that was like this girl come to me and I was want to tell her all the reasons why she can't find a man. No, you know what it is. Women come to me all the time and tell me they cannot find a man. And sometimes I be thinking in my head while they're communicating with me, bitch, you crazy. For real. <laughs> That's what I be thinking. That's why you ain't got no man, because you were a little off in the head. Like, and I only had like a five-minute, ten-minute, thirty-minute conversation with you, and I wouldn't fuck you either. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff in that book. And it's really not to throw any shade at any particular individual, but I had to even take a look at myself. So in the beginning of the book, it tells you to get your mirror out, your mirror and your pen and paper, and write down what you see. Mm. Because, yeah, a lot of times you we put on the makeup, and it, it looks good on the outside, but take off your makeup now. You know, get in front of that mirror where nobody else is around you and and tell yourself what you see for real, for real. I want you to dig deep because Mm -hmm. a lot of us, we want this and we want that in a man, but we really ain't what we claim that he should be. Hmm. You know, so it's not about um, shade. It's about healing. It's about, honey, your bra is dirty. You know, maybe you need to wash that or buy a mm-hmm. new one. It's all the stuff that people probably don't want to hear mm-hmm. is in a book, to be honest. And I took time, and I believe that Spirit, Holy Spirit, Universe, Creator, whatever you want to consider it as, I believe as I was writing it that I was getting downloads from heaven. Wow. You know, it, it's a real simple read, but the most important thing, get your mirror out and your pen and paper. Because we're going to touch on have, some issues. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to accept your flaws. You know, you have to be That's willing right. to, to to accept you and not who you perceive yourself to be. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's why sometimes we got to dig deep. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. us have seen flawed relationships, and we acting like our bitter mothers. So, mm. come on, let's write about her. Let's let's write about your mama now. How she damaged you when she told you all men ain't shit. Mhm. And you that's know. damaging. Oh, mhm. And it makes you look at you and why you're not in a healthy relationship. Forget just a relationship, a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think understanding that, you know, I think that we look 
we were, as women, raised in society to say a man is used for security. And mm-hmm. I really believe that you got to secure yourself. First. Because there's a difference between uh, somebody being your partner, your life partner, mm-hmm. and just feeling responsible for you. You see what I'm right. saying? There, there's a difference mm-hmm. in that. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you, I, I'm going to say this, and this might encompass that. Um, my number one question is, how can I get a sugar daddy? Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, baby, you need to go to the gym and work out. Because the sugar daddy wants some eye candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't think you're going to be getting Louis Vuitton and Gucci and all this kind of stuff, and you ain't putting in no work. You're going to have to mm-hmm. listen to all his problems and not say a word, just comfort him. But That's see, it. women don't want to hear all that kind of stuff. They just like, oh, he's gonna take me in, take me on trips, and uh huh. That's what you think. Wrong perception of a, a sugar baby and a sugar daddy relationship. But <laughs> a lot of women, older women and younger women, that is what they're looking for. I need somebody to retire me. Well, what you mm. offering? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think we need to be secure in ourselves before we go out there and damage somebody else. Because it's hurt mm. people hurt people. That's right. You know, like mm. I said, it took me six years to finally get it right. My my therapist had to kick me out. Oh, you don't need this no more. No, no, I want to come back. I like it. Uh-uh. No, we good. You straight. I like it. Mm-hmm. You don't need me no more. It's time for you to walk on your own. Mm-hmm. But I remember your wings. Year when, that's right. Last year when I was in the Dominican Republic, I went five weeks by myself. Spirit-led. I prayed. I said, all right, God, where are we going? And in my mind, I had Greece, Turkey, and or Cambodia. Spirit said, DR. I said, all right, next day I booked the trip. I didn't even know where I was going. But in that mm-hmm. time, yes, it was a vacation, but it was a time where I got before God. I cried. I said, him, what do you want me to do? You know, um, how do you want me to be? Because I started treating men like they were bitches. Mm-hmm. Nigga, fuck mm-hmm. you. I don't need mm-hmm. you. Like, in my mind, I could see, my, see me. Throwing money at men like, nigga, go somewhere. I don't need you. And I said mm-hmm. to God, that is not the role that I want to take on as mm-hmm. a woman. You know, because I felt that I was starting to turn bitter because of mm-hmm. being disappointed over and over and over again. So guess what I got out? I got my mirror out. And I started analyzing myself and saying, okay, girlfriend, this is where you're flawed at. This is where you need some help at. This is where you need some patience and some some loving kindness, you know. But while Mm -hmm. I was in the DR, this lady, I met a horse whisperer. And she told me about this, this horse that was untamable. 
and that everybody said, get rid of the horse. And she was like, no, I believe in the horse. And the horse became her best horse and her best friend. But uh-huh. she was telling me the story, Untamable. Wow. Everybody gave up on the story she was sharing. I was crying because I knew uh-huh. the spirit was talking through that lady about me. Uh-huh. That's powerful. But God did a quick turnaround, a quick turnaround, Uh and now I'm in a healthy relationship, I'm engaged, and I'm Uh happy, and I'm free to be me. I don't sugarcoat nothing, I'm just me. Uh And when we first met, he said, you flawed, sister. I started calming down. I stopped Mm -hmm. cussing as much. And my whole countenance changing. And then people are like, man, you're real happy. You know, I was happy anyway, but I was getting mad because I was so disappointed in men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then how can a loving man, how can I attract a loving man if I ain't loving? That's right. Mm. Yeah, so God did a quick work, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful, and I'm Mm -hmm. here to help somebody else. Anything that I do is always about empowerment and encouragement. That's just my total brand. Now, how I do it, you might not like it. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Because I'm a Mm -hmm. man. Even in my coaching, I say I'm not for everybody. I'm a tough love person. We might do some crazy things. You know, we're going to do it a little different because we're going to break some things and we're going to build up some things together and you're going to become a new person. But mm-hmm. you got to be willing to change. And you have to That's be right. willing to take a risk in yourself. And I think we're afraid. We're afraid to take those risks because who's going to love me? You mm-hmm. know, who's, who's going to accept the new me? You know, what if I don't wear that weed no more that I'm tired of going to go get? But mm-hmm. what I'm finding out, there's somebody for everybody. There mm-hmm. are 7 billion people on this earth, and you can't find one. Truly, something's off. Now, he might not be in your state, and he might not be in your country, but the person exists. Mm. And, you know, I used to look at some people and and this might be my ignorance or however you want to consider it, but I would look at some of the sloppiest people. And I'd be like, how the hell they get a man and I can't get one? (laughs) (laughs) You're not alone. A lot of people feel like that. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, like, what's that? I'm in the gym, I'm working out, I'm this, you know, but it is what it is. Now, dating for me was a different story, honey. I always had a date. But, uh, I'm the date princess. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it came to choices, good choices, that was the hard part. But I believe mm-hmm. that I finally had it right um, with the help of God, with spirit. Because like I said, ladies, I pray about everything. It can be the smallest thing. I'd be like, so what you think, God? Like my fiance now, he's like, you always talking to God. Yep, sure do. <laughs> had, a little yeah. had a little homeless girl living with me. And she said, you talk to God like he's right here. And I said, well, he is right here. You know, and I thank God for that relationship because my, my ex-husband taught me that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's what I love him for. He taught me about God and he taught me about faith and he helped me raise my kids. So how can I not be grateful to him or the creator? Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. You know, he went through some situations and I said to him, I would never kick a dog while he's down. Even mm-hmm. though me and you, we had our situation, but guess what? You did those things for me, and I thank you for it. You know, so, yeah. I'm a change woman. And it's, mm, and it's still with you today. <laughs> you know, I love people. I love people for who they are, not what they are or what they can do, but who you are. I'm going to love your flaws. I'm going to love whatever it is about you because mm-hmm. that's you. And it's up to, to the creator to change those things that he wants to change or she wants to change, whatever you want to consider it as, because everybody's different, to change you. I have to accept people for who they are. And that's just my whole model right there. It is what it is. You know, my mm-hmm. kids, they're all different. They're all flawed in different ways, but guess what? I love you anyway, and I love your flaws. And I always tell them, if it's between me and God, go with God, because God won't give you the best answer. I'm going to just give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I don't make it, I don't mean to make it churchy and religious and all that kind of stuff, ladies. So you have that's to part of your soul. That. That's part right, of your mind that, and your that, soul. That, that's who I am. Like, God is my core. You know, spirit is my core. You know, that's how I move and operate, and that's how I move across the country and, you know, different states and things like that because I'll pray and then I'll hear and then I'll mm-hmm. do. You know, and a lot of us are afraid to be obedient. But I told God over and over again, you tell me, get up and move to Africa. Guess what I'm doing? Moving I'm to Africa. Yes, I am. Wow. I'm going to pack, pack my stuff. I done gave away so many, so much furniture, ladies, but guess what? God always gives me better, and that's mm-hmm. a blessing right there, just by being obedient. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's all I know is to be obedient to God, you know, because he showed me some things. He's taught me to walk by faith, you know, and not only by what I see, because I see a lot of stuff. But when he says certain things, I'm like, all right, God, how are we going to do this? You sure, God? You for real? No, I don't know. You going to have to confirm that shit again. Come on. <laughs> you know, and say, say like, no, 
seriously, when I went to Spain for those three months, I think it was two years ago, um, I was looking at my vision board on my birthday, and it said I wanted to tone my body, I wanted a tummy tuck, and I wanted to be able to do 100 push-ups. I think it was push-ups. So I'm just looking at that, and I'm just staring at it. I'm focused on it. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I get an inbox message um, looking for celebrities to come to Spain for three months, world trained. The only thing you have to get do is get there. So I'm like, okay, well, which celebrity do you want? What's your budget? Yada, yada. Well, we don't have a budget. I said, okay. The conversation ended as in, all right, well, if I could find you somebody, I'll let you know, and I'll look around. Got off. So I'm sitting there, laying there. Spirit says to me, well, you're a local celebrity in Atlanta. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I present me. <laughs> so I said, hey, I'm a local celebrity in Atlanta. I wrote that show, Preacher's Exes. It hasn't been picked up. They're still trying to shop it around. I will come. I said, I don't need to lose no weight. The only thing I want to do is tone. Got Wait there. a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Preacher's Exes. Let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, what about it? Oh, wait a minute. Can I finish my story? Yes, go ahead. All right, all right. So long story short, um, I make these preparations to go. I'm in a gas station. I notice the lady behind me. She's so pretty. I go out. She's a black woman, just beautiful. I ran behind me. I said, ma'am, I just wanted to tell you how beautiful you are. She said, thank you. I got back to my car, proceeded to go. Her husband comes running after my car. Mm-hmm. And he says, ma'am, I just, want you, I just want you to know the Lord says it's okay to go. Wow. I said, wow, God, thank you. And wow. that's how I got there because so many people were like, you're going to be, I think it's called catfished. You're going to be mm-hmm. catfished and you're going to be this. <laughs> but no, mm. like, I needed to know that it was okay and God told me it was okay. And it was okay. And I had a great time, got my titties done, you know, met a man over there, dated him for a little bit, came home. It was wonderful. Mm. I cannot complain, but that's how I live my life. So, go ahead, preach your sex. What about it? Okay. So, the concept. What What made you mm-hmm. decide to want to to write about preacher's exes? And who is you well, have on there? Well, wait a minute. My ex husband stopped paying alimony. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, 
we didn't have any quote unquote star power as in any mega preachers and stuff like that wise. But women came out the woodwork. When we posted that mm. first sizzle reel, which was, I won't say it's garbage because I did it, but it wasn't up to par. I can take that, but it was good, and it got me a lot of notoriety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank God for that. But um, we went back and we refilmed it. We did a character reel with new ladies. Um, and it has not gotten picked up, which is okay, because everything happens for a reason. But I know how to write shows. So, mm. you know, if it, if it happens, it happens. It's, in, it's not even in my hands anymore. So if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, mm. but one thing that I did tell God is that if it happened, I needed to be with the man that I'm spending the rest of my life with. Because I knew uh. once it happened, all kinds of men were going to come out the woodwork. And I didn't want that. I didn't want people uh-huh. to see dollar signs or anything like that um, uh-huh. when it came to me. I wanted people to see me. And even in the process, you know, some men thought it was going to happen and they just kind of hung around. And, you know, <laughs> but God reveals everything. Mm, sure does. You know? mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Yes. I cannot complain because I'm in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> now here on Let's Chat, we like to do something a little fun. And she always comes okay. up with some fun questions. So I'm excited about what she has oh for you. I would say clutch your pearls, but, hunty, we already know oh, your pearls are already sucked away in your purse. You have shared so much of yourself, your 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 journey, and we so appreciate you because um, in sharing mm-hmm. you, you have helped so many others, you know, and and also giving food for thought, and and that's what we love doing here on this chat, just giving food for thought and just reflection. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, I appreciate the opportunity. You're very welcome. So thank you both. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Now, um, I want you to just, I'm going to give you some props because we love hearing our guest creative juices flow, and you have just been flowing since you got on the mic, girl. I just want to say that. But um, I want you to create um, a live excerpt, and you can use any scenario you want, but I wanted to include uh, three props. And your first mm-hmm. prop are some handcuffs, mm-hmm. a whip, a whip, mm-hmm. And some red MAC lipstick. I'm on this lipstick kick these days, a lip gloss. <laughs> okay, okay. And you can say right. it any kind of way you want. <laughs> well, I, I actually have handcuffs. Oh. And I do have a whip. And oh. of course I have MAC red lipstick. So <laughs> I'm going to pick my man up from the airport. Okay. And I'm going to have on a black raincoat and my black red bottoms with red lipstick. Mm. So I'm picking him up in my Maserati, okay? So when Mm -hmm. I get to him, I'm going to take him on the strip, Las Vegas Strip. And we're going to park in a parking lot. 
and I am going to handcuff him in the car. And hmm, I'll have my whip on the side of, in the other chair, okay? And I think I'm going to suck his penis. Oh. With my red lipstick. And I'm going to stroke while I'm sucking. And my red lipstick is going to be all over his penis. Um, and because I don't want to mess up my car, I'm not going to let him come in my mouth. But I'm going to start riding him. And I'm going to start kissing him with my red lipstick. All right. <laughs> and then I'm riding him. I'm taking my whip. And I'm just rolling it down his face and on his neck and stuff like that. And so I bring him to a place of ecstasy. Oh. So. Go ahead, all right now. Is the first lady of this thing, y'all, <laughs> boom. That you better was get into awesome. It. <laughs> you better tell him how to do it, girl. Boom. Y'all better get into it. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> That was awesome. Thanks for okay, going along with that. Well, thank you for, you know, the scenario. Because now we have to do it. And I'm going to tell you all it. I'm going to report back to y'all. Absolutely. We want an update, girl. Okay, okay. And that was and the first you update, I might have three y'all more cops for you when you come back. <laughs> right. Y'all better get into it. Did y'all take notes? Right. Did y'all take notes right there? That's so crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. She did that with the spirit. <laughs> yes, honey. Round. Round. Good release. Good release. <laughs> <laughs> we so appreciate you kicking with us here in the chat room. We want you to shout oh, out all of your you. social media, where your books can be purchased, any book events you have coming up. Let us know when you have your show picked up. I'm quite sure it will be picked up very soon. Oh, thank you. I pray. Well, my social media, everything is Sharon K. Griffin, C-H-E-R-O-N, middle initial K, last name Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, and my website, SharonKGriffin.com. No, actually, I changed it, Sharon'sWorld.com. So C-H-E-R-O-N-S as in Sam, world, W-O-R-L-D. Mm-hmm. So that's everything right there. Oh, books, Amazon, Amazon.com, 3 p.m., okay. The Preacher, The Power of the Penis, and Me. And we're looking at a date of September the 29th. That's the date we're looking at for 134 reasons why you can't find a man. So that's All it. right, now. All right. Oh, thank you well, so ladies, much. Thank you. And thank I really you, Anthony. appreciate you all. 
Oh, we appreciate you. We want you to enjoy your birthday week. Oh, that's mm-hmm. over. It's, uh, it's, it's a new season. It's been business meetings since. <laughs> 30 <laughs> so, days before and 30 days after. The birthday is, is 30 days before and 30 days after. Yeah. Wait a minute, You know you had the vegan guest on before me. <laughs> I have been detoxing my body since my little birthday celebration in the DR. <laughs> yes, I think I picked up a little bit of weight, so I'm just losing it real quick. Uh, so, well, but we, I appreciate everything, ladies. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you. You're it. very welcome. <laughs> All I right. you to have, have a good, a good time. One. Have a good oh, night. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was awesome, Lee. She that was awesome. Different level, girl. Yes, yes. And I love the the way she gave us the real side. You know what I'm saying? Just, 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 just mm-hmm. the real. Just about life and the way we think and and the way we live our lives. You know, that's all part of a healthy mind, body, and soul. You have to have that. That's right. That's too bad. A lot of more people don't have that same concept. On how to live life. Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate y'all coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We will see y'all tomorrow. We'll be talking at uh, Book Talk tomorrow. We'll have the fabulous uh, Robin Denovish and uh, Tommy Griffin Jr. will be in the chat room with us tomorrow. And have a great week. Good night. See you tomorrow. Good night. Busting my tail on a nine to five Just to keep up, try to stay alive With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine But we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that It's just these cash prizes add up quick So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright And start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.